At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening, it's the Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and with me tonight is the Delta Suite Duo. Hello, how's it going, guys? Hi, we're good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad. Wet, mostly. Mm. Pretty damp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. Uh, I'm not going to complain. It's, uh, it's just an indication of spring, and it's what we're all looking forward to. Right, yeah. Exactly. We look forward to the rain at this point, for sure. Yeah. yeah um, snow's melting. We're good. Yeah, I'll definitely take that over over another snow flurry or snow school or whatever. <laughs> uh, and in fact, we're meant to be going uh, salamander hunting later on this evening, and apparently this is a perfect weather for it. So cool, sure is. E- even <laughs> better reason to love the rain. Um, anywho, uh, before we get off into the salamander sidetrack, um, we like kicking it off with a song. So, what you've got for us? Great. Um, first, we're gonna do a song called "There's Never Been a Moment." Uh, Nick wrote this song. I wrote the song for Sarah. That's right. Be forever blue 
great Delta Sweet Duo there with There's Never Been a Moment. A lovely sweet song to start us off with. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you two, you two met? I, I did have a little bit of a Facebook and Scrum stalk today, and I believe you two are a couple. So uh, musically speaking or couple speaking, how do, how do you two know each other? Um, we met when we both were going to Burlington College about <laughs> 10, 12 Years ago, almost. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> uh, college it's funny. It's funny you should uh, call the song "Sweet" because we met in a maple sugar in class. Oh, well, there we go. That's true. That's a whole other level of Vermont meet cute kind of thing. <laughs> it really is. Is that the career trajectory you guys ended up going on? Are you, you guys now sugarers? Not at all. Okay. No. <laughs> Got some in my family, but no. Yeah. <laughs> we consume a lot of the maple, though. That's yeah. for sure. That's right. Um, but yeah, Nick was Nick was playing music when I met him in college, and he had a couple bands, and uh, I joined our full band, the Red Newts, like, I don't know, seven years ago, six years ago? Yeah. But we started this project um, right before COVID, actually. Our first gig was supposed to be in April 2020, so um, it never was. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that story a few times, right, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we had it booked for, like, March 31st, yep. 2020, and <laughs> just never came about, and, you know, and so on and so forth. But, yeah, um, I'm glad you kept the, the idea going. When, when, was the end, when did the, the first gig end up actually happening? Was it... <laughs> So uh, I don't remember what uh, the when Wallflower Collective downtown opened. Mm. So was that a year ago or two years ago? The, a year ago this past summer. Two years. Two years this yeah. summer. This coming summer. Yeah. Sure. So just about two years ago, um, you know, we were in there. We were in the bar, and uh, the owners were looking for bands, and we were a little bit lit up. And <laughs> typically, it's like not a thing for us to just be like, "Hey, we're in a band," you know. <laughs> and, I would never. Uh, and Sarah, did, she, <laughs> I looked over, I was like, did you just say that to them? Because they were like, so they, they put us on the spot too. And they, uh, they put, um, they were like, well, can we look you up? And we gave them the, told them to look up our band, the Red Newts on Spotify. So they looked it up and they played it in the bar we right there right with there. us sitting. And we were like, I, I mean, mortified. musician, <laughs> right. It's like, and, and it's not just musicians. If you're any kind of like, if you've ever been recorded, you listen back, you know, it's a special kind of torture. Mm. So. Like, uh, but we got the gig. But yeah, man. they liked it. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and so tell me a little bit about how that that first gig after I mean two years or so after the first gig was meant to happen. How does that feel for you? You know, as a couple, as a as band members, as this new project. What was that like? It was um, a little scary because it had been a while since we had performed, and mm -hmm. especially like just the two of us it was a whole new dynamic than having like a full band and being more like loud and rocking this is like intimate and like <laughs> but very fun and it's given us a chance to kind of like work out a different dynamic together um and we've really we've played a lot of gigs at the wallflower actually and it's kind of like it's great. <laughs> we it's love a, them there, but yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely spot. Actually, yeah. not enough bands do play there, I feel. It's a very, it's cozy, but it's also, it's big enough, and it's got good acoustics. And yeah, we really, like, honed in our uh, our duo there, honestly. Yeah, like, we've played other gigs at other places, but that's where it's at. Yeah, kind of like, you know, like Sarah was saying, it was just, like, there was, like, the COVID, the COVID shock coming back in it, but then also, like, you know, we're like, oh, man, where's where's glenn on drums you know like where's luke on bass you know kind of like a little bit of like um feeling a little bit lonely but then we kind of like b 
built a different kind of dynamic, like Sarah said. And, you know, you can hear how some songs will translate really easily and other ones you're surprised by. So it's really a, a good uh, experience for sure. So as you've mentioned, you know, you've, you've got uh, your other bands, the Red Newts, and then you've got the, the Babes of Butcher Holler. I kind of thought that was all one name originally, the Red <laughs> Newts and the Babes of Butcher Holler, which sounds like a fantastic, you know, <laughs> country western uh, film potentially. Um, but uh, yeah, tell us uh, a little bit about why you decided to start this project. I mean, like, you know, before we all knew COVID was hitting, obviously you had this idea in mind that you're going to create this new project with the two of you. We've already got these two other bands. So what what niche was this band going to fill that you potentially couldn't get with a larger band? Honestly, I think it started with the fact that Nick and I have almost the same exact schedule. So anytime a gig was proposed, we could just be like, you good? We're good. All right, we're in. (laughs) And that was the thing was like we did have like the booking demand. Like there was like, like, you know, people would go, well, I mean, can you guys just like play as a duo? And we'd be like. You know, there was a time where we'd be like, ah, well, we probably, you know, maybe uh, I think we did it at like my sister's wedding once, like did a duo during the ceremony kind of thing. Um, but then it just we warmed up to the idea and that but that is it was a functional kind of thing in a way, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's really given us a chance to also add a lot of material in that just like is a lot more time consuming with a full band than with just the two of us and we're like hey this is already one of my favorite songs so half of us knows it already <laughs> yeah how does that dynamic work in terms of uh creating new songs as well do you, do you two sit down and write together or is it a case of you know uh sarah you go away and you write some lyrics and nick you go away and write some lyrics and then you kind of come back and exchange ideas uh how does this work between the two of you like it's it's kind of funny because it's like um i think it's gone every possible combination of like starting with a Sarah, uh, uh, Sarah's idea and me kind of building off it. Like Sarah, like writes really awesome lyrics and, um, they don't come as easy for me. Like when, when I hit it, I feel like pretty good about it, but like, you know, uh, I, Sarah comes with me with these lyrics and I kind of like pick up on a, like a vibe of the lyrics. Sarah maybe gives me some like, um, well, I'm kind of thinking it's like this. It sounds like this. Or and I know then, a few yeah. chords on guitar, <laughs> but he's the real. Oh, that's true though, because there are. That's, that's the other thing is like sometimes yeah. Sarah's got him. the chords like partially written. I hear a chord that, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe we throw this one in there. Um, but then there also has been times where I've given Sarah a recording of me playing a little idea I had, mm. and then that's turned into a song. So, and then as far as like, like uh, you know working on the lyrics together that does happen to a certain extent as well yeah and you two live together mm-hmm. yeah so i mean how much of this is kind of like you know you're just humming away in the kitchen and then suddenly you've got like a little ditty that you're singing along with it i mean like how much of this is spontaneous or do you guys like set out some time for like you no know, tuesday afternoons is <laughs> is uh dallas week duo time and we're gonna we're gonna hammer this out we're not that organized i feel like <laughs> <laughs> i feel like often what happens is i you know we're at work and I'm like, I think of this a line or something and I'm like, oh, Nick, I think I have a chorus for something. And it's like a little back and forth in, in text or we have like a, a Google Doc with the edits mm. open and we're like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is interesting because it is like, I, I know like, I know sometimes and I like, it's not, it's pretty common like to get in that headspace where you're like the creative juices are flowing is sometimes like, coupled with isolation Mm -hmm. you know and it's not it's not so much like 
like a comfort thing. It could be, you know, like um, it's just the idea of being alone and hyper focused on one thing is like the best way to get that process mm-hmm. going. Um, and so it is kind of nice to trade it back and forth. And then like Sarah can listen to like a recording I do. And then and then when we have a complete idea, not fully complete, but good enough, then we start doing it together. And um, and yeah, like when we bring songs to the band too, sometimes they're not fully complete either. You know, mm-hmm. I do, I'm a big fan of like hearing other people's input before I'm like, no, I have a vision and we need to stick to it. You know, I, I love collaboration, so. Uh, is there been many songs where you thought it's for Del Sweet Duo and it actually, you know, it's, it's maybe a big, bigger band kind of thing or vice versa? Do you ever write stuff with a band and you're like, actually, I'm going to steal this one and this is going to be a Del Sweet Duo song and we're going we're gonna to keep this one. I'm going to be a bit jealous about it. <laughs> I think we do have a couple that, like, haven't really been brought over to the band yet or maybe we brought it up once and we were like, hmm. Maybe we'll just keep it to ourselves. <laughs> like, actually, the first song we played, or, you know, there's never been a moment. That one, like, I played um, with, a, like, the first iteration of the Red Newts, like, years and years ago. And, like, I, you know, I always loved it, but, like, it it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was kind of, like, fulfilling, like, uh, you know, the full song's potential. Mm. And it's not, you know, it was never, like, a dud when we played it out live. Like, people enjoyed it, but it was, like, um, when we started playing it as a duo and you're like really focusing on the vocals and giving them room to breathe, um, that's was a good example of one that we're kind of like, eh, I think this is kind of a duo tune now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, steal this one back. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'd love to hear another song. So what have you got for us? Sure. This one's called This Lonesome Town. Pushes and it pulls 
right, Dell, the sweet duo there with this lonesome town. Ah, were you talking about Burlington in that one? Or mm. is this, uh, yeah? Well, kind of, kind of metaphorical yeah. a little bit. Um, but I grew up here and in Burlington and it was kind of, this was written about someone before I met Nick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it was kind of one of those relationships where it felt like, well, I have this to, uh, get out of, you know, whatever I'm going through, mm-hmm. this lonesome town that I feel like I'm in, and it feels like the only escape, even though, ultimately, it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's weird. Obviously, I'm a transplant, as you may have gathered by the accent. Um, yeah, it's weird to think of Burlington as kind of this almost oppressive place, um, because, obviously, I've chosen to move here, and so it, it, <laughs> it makes a big difference, but... Uh, yeah, I can very much see like growing up here. It yeah. is kind small of iso- it's kind of isolating. Yeah, it's kind mm. of small. So uh, I fully understand that. Um, so all right, so you grew up in Vermont, and uh, Nick, uh, you a Vermonter? You? Uh, I've I've been here for quite a while now, like uh, I think fifteen years or so. But I grew up in Western Mass. Okay. Yeah, yeah. New Englander at the very least. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not. Exactly known for its country music, although I do know that Blues and Country has a Blues and Country have a fairly decent following around Vermont, especially up in, in the rural sections of Vermont, like a ton of mm-hmm. uh, country music fans. Um, you don't see too many country and blues bands around here, though. Um, as a country and blues duo, and also uh, parts of bands that are also kind of country and blues. <laughs> Uh, what? Well, why is that? Is it? Is it just? Is it? Is it still too niche? Is it? Or am I wrong about this? Is there actually a massive blues and country uh, I, band yeah. group here? I think it's it's definitely been growing. If um, you've ever been over to Radio Bean for Honky Tonk Tuesday, <laughs> for a while it it was you know sometimes it'd be packed, sometimes it'd be ten people in there. But now every Tuesday, there's a line. And it's, you know, you have to get there early. <laughs> so it's been really cool to kind of see that um, that fandom grow. And, um, you know, both of our both of our friends play in both of those honky-tonk bands. And mm. it's really cool. Sometimes we get to sit in and it's just, like, it's awesome to be up there and feel this, like, excitement for, like, an old patsy klein song or something seeing like people with x's on their hands getting down i'm like yeah (laughs) sweet (laughs) yeah you know it is interesting because it's like it definitely feels like it's growing um but there there was a time you know even on honky tonk tuesday you could be like hey any hank williams fans in here and like you get like a couple claps you know what i mean (laughs) and now it's like everyone knows all the words to like every song um and and you know as far as like blues and like other adjacent genres it's kind of like the way i look at it is like i mean blues is like literally everywhere but like i know what you mean like it if you're gonna walk in a bar in vermont it's not likely you're not likely gonna hear like little red rooster you know mm-hmm. what i mean um but i will say like even the jam scene itself like which is probably the most prominent scene in the state of vermont historically and you know the band that got like i mean i've heard these stories word of mouth so like i don't know about but it's like the rumor that i heard is like you know the fish guys came to town and they saw the unknown blues band at nectars um maybe it was club toast something like that um and that was kind of like what what did it so we do have like 
a local blues history as well. But obviously, like we all know, this is not the origins of the genre. Right. Um, but I, I will say, you know, um, there are a few like younger bands too I'm seeing that are playing like really traditional blues. Um, and it's just great to see all around. And like the same things happen with country, like Sarah was saying. And, and like, I don't know if it's like people cooped up in their houses, like needing to find old music during mm -hmm. COVID, you know, all of a sudden, like names are becoming a lot more popular that previously were just like, like I said, you know, you yell like Michael Hurley in the radio bean years ago and everyone would be like, who's that? <laughs> and now it's like everyone knows, you know, so. Maybe we've got like a, a trend coming up. Maybe maybe the the blues and country music scene is about to to hit the big time in the next couple of years. That'd it's be great. I'd off. love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We weirdly bumped into a uh, my partner and I who's just sat back here uh, bumped into a guy in Honduras of all places who ran a blues festival just north of the border in Canada. Whoa. Which we need to follow up with actually and find out what's going on with that because yeah. I was questioning him about that. I was like, how big of a blues scene is there in Montreal? <laughs> apparently, a, apparently a fairly big one, enough that he he got a, he's got a festival together. Um, but so, uh, Nick, you're implying there that you you play uh, Honky Tonk Tuesday yourself. Is that is that right? Yeah. Well, um, we like since we're good buds with like uh, both like Wild League River and Pony Hustle, um, we've sat in quite a bit. There was like there was one one complete takeover we did mm -hmm. where it was like me and Sarah fronting the band for the night, and oh. that was. It was a blast, but yeah, like I was say, is that how, what, was that one of those nights where it was it was lines outside the door where you're playing to yeah yeah, yeah. 80, it felt 90, really cool people? yeah <laughs> yeah and it was like so funny because like uh, our buddy who plays in Pony Hustle was like he like called me up and we were like down in Massachusetts and um, you know I had just left the dispensary down there. And I sampled the product. Mm -hmm. So I was like kind of just waiting for it. I remember I was picking up lunch for us. And he calls me and he's like, it's like Sunday or Saturday. And he's like, hey, uh, you know, we made a mistake in the scheduling. And can can you and Sarah, like, do you and Sarah want to fill in? And we were like, uh, like, <laughs> uh yeah, let's do it. And, uh, you we'll know, we're like immediately you're like counting. You're like, all right, who's going to play this? Who's going to play that? Um, and we pulled everyone in. And like at one point, I think there was like, Definitely, like 10 of us. definitely ten people on stage. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Good night. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Have you? Uh, is that is it gonna be a follower to this? Are you guys gonna play another honky tonk at some point, or is this kind of like an as and when they need to need <laughs> someone to fill in? Yeah, I mean, I guess we're opportunists when it comes to that. Yeah, it's like I mean, anytime we walk, like there, you know, we'll be we'll play a gig at Wallflower and head over to Honky Tonk after. And the, hey, Nick and Sarah, you want to play a song? Uh, oftentimes, you know, Sarah does Loretta Lynn very well. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's always a blast. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. What a what a great thing to kind of be part of, as especially as it's now just so popular. I mean, you cannot get in unless you go mm -hmm. go yeah. early. And uh, we've tried a couple of times, and we just see those light <laughs> out the door, and it's like middle of January, and I'm like, absolutely not. We're, yeah. we're going home. I'll, we'll try again in May. Um, how did you two kind of get into country and blues? Because, you know, both Northeasterners, uh, again, as I said, it's not, it's somewhat popular here, but not mm -hmm. like something that you'd stumble in on a bar or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, how did you two kind of get to find your love for the genre? Um, when when I was growing up, my grandpa always had uh, country music on, and it was usually WOKO back in the day mm. when it was all the, like, good, like, Alan Jackson, Shania Twain, George Strait, like, all those people. Mm. Um, 
I actually was the WOKO listener of the week when I was 10, so <laughs> I still have the certificate. And the sweatshirt. And the sweatshirt. <laughs> still is. Um, yeah, and, you know, for a while when I was a teenager, he passed away, and I definitely went through, like, an angsty phase where I just listened to, like, the darkest music and, you know, kind of left all that country stuff behind, and then I met Nick in college mm. and kind of reignited my interest in it and uh yeah Nick, yeah, how did you get into them? yeah i mean like i like it's kind of funny because it definitely like the country uh comes from my grandfather as well he like he he did he when he sang johnny cash it was like dead on you know he had that really deep voice um but so definitely a lot of my interest in country comes from him and like my aunt his daughter is like super into like patsy klein and um and my dad's like always into roger miller and so i really though kind of didn't listen to it a lot when i was younger except for with them but i got like super into um into blues like delta blues and it kind of like set me off on the that's like where my musical journey started and then you start to see how the lines overlap and you know it's just such a great story to try to like trace back like the times that country and blues and soul and bluegrass and everything was kind of like crisscrossing overlapping so fast like evolving and they're re- and like you know that was kind of like what really ignited my interest in american music um and when i started a f- my first band in burlington i was writing country songs i was back into it but all the guys I was playing music with wanted to play punk. Mm. And so Classic. we literally, like, <laughs> we combined them. We were playing these, like, country songs. Re- not country like, punk. Yeah. yeah, but we weren't, like, it's, you know, it's not like we were playing, like, um, you know, we weren't playing Lost Highway at, like, breakneck speed. It was, like, all original stuff. But oh, nice. it, it was, like, a, um, an interesting thing because at first we thought we were like pulling away and we're like, wait a minute, this works. But (laughs) right around college is when the country started coming back in, um, to my life for sure. Yeah. Just thinking about it. So I was just like country punk. There's gotta be some, some big bands out there that would be considered country punk. Alabama three, I think probably would be considered country punk. Kinda. Oh, I know. I've never heard them. Uh, you know, the Sopranos, the, it's the, the Sopranos? The Sopranos. Yeah. The opening theme tune is oh, oh, free. Yeah. And weirdly enough, they're actually a British band from like Birmingham. Oh, what? Uh, with this real thick Alabama wow. twang that they, yeah. they put on. But yeah, well, you uh, know, like there's always tons of uh elements of country and even like indie music and um like kind of a more toned down punk band that I think has a country sound is the replacements. Mm. And also um like when it comes to indie music, like when I like when I hear Modest Mouse, it's like also a really like like I love that band, but that's all country licks. It's all Telecaster country licks. Yeah. And Twang City and like <laughs> and again, like talking about the intersections of genres and stuff, yeah. that's uh that's kind of what I live for I, right there. I would not have said Modest Mouse, but now you said it, yeah. I can't I'm yeah, not never able to unhear that bands. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Um so you guys play a lot of like blues and country covers with your other bands and yourself and I actually saw a good Muddy, Wa- Muddy Waters one on your Instagram, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. Um, which loves some Muddy Waters. <laughs> um, how do you two strike the balance between like covers and originals? If you, the longer you stay as a duo or as a band, do you find it kind of leans more towards the originals or do you try and keep that balance going? 
think we try as best we can to keep the balance, but definitely lately with the duo, it's just been like, it's just our chance to just like play all the, all the songs we want to play yeah, and, and just like easily. And I'm just like, Hey, how about these five songs I just thought of? And we're like, all right, cool. We've got a gig in two weeks. We've got time. Let's do it. And then like yeah. suddenly <laughs> our set list is way too long. And I'm like, now we have to cut songs. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's true. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, when it comes to like a two hour set or more, you know, you're kind of like, you're hoping for 50, 50 like covers yeah. or, but like you might not quite be there, you know? Um, we definitely focus on it. Um, cater to the scenario you know like mm. if it's a short slot you know all killer no filler then we're gonna play as many uh, originals as we can you know yeah um but uh yeah and then you, you pick a cover that kind of like makes a point you know right um but yeah i don't know it's like i feel like usually with the newts it's like it's 50 50 ish you know um but with the duo like sarah was saying it's like that's a lot. It's a lot of songs when we have to do like a three hour slot or something like that. You're just like, oh my God, like, let's just play every song we know. Let's just do them all. Right. <laughs> well, when you're playing like, you know, some summer barbecue thing where you're going to meant to be on stage forever and yeah, yeah you, you don't, you don't want to, yeah, you might as well just do everything if you've yeah. you got like a three hour slot. <laughs> um, well, we'd love to hear another song. So what we've got for the third one? Sure. Yeah. We're going to go into the, uh, the blues territory now. Uh, the song is called Time's Up.
lives up there by the Delta Suite duo. So, how many songs would you guys say you've got these days in your uh, in your back burner? How many how many have you got in your repertoire? Oh man. I mean, we got to be over 50, right? I was going to say, oh, wow. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like cuz I mean, like the Red Newt's repertoire, like I think the last time we had to fill, I think we played down at Charlie O's last and it was like I mean, Three hours. Yeah, it was like <laughs> that's like a thirty song list, and then we got like at least ten or fifteen more for the duo, and then the overlap with the uh, with the Babes of Butcher Holler, which is like all Loretta Lynn songs. Um, did, yeah, there's a lot. It's yeah, it's got to be over fifty. Like I just think of yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just gonna go back to that. I've heard about the Red Newts a lot, but yeah, uh, tell us a bit more about the Babes of Butcher Holler. Uh, what how yeah. what's that band exactly? That um, came about actually also, like I think, end of 2019, um, Nectars was putting together a lot of like tribute nights, and mm -hmm. they needed someone to, I think, go along with a Johnny Cash tribute. And we were like, oh, okay. So we just texted as many people as we could. We got a band together. By the time we got back to them, they were like, ooh, sorry. We filled the slot, and we're mm. like... You guys want to do it anyway? Like maybe get another date? Cause like we're pretty Everyone hyped was about hyped. this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick's like, all right, who who's a tribute person? Who do you want to do? And I was like, Loretta Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Loretta, uh, so Babes of Butcher Hall are uh, purely a Loretta Lynn tribute band, effectively. Yeah, yeah. We've thrown in like over the gigs we've had, depending on the time we have to fill, we've thrown in a couple other just little favorites, little Tanya Tucker, some Dolly Parton, oh. a little bit of everyone. That's great. <laughs> so that's kind of like, you know, that's uh, almost your treat. You don't have to think about it too much. You've already got the songs already kind of laid up. It's, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's a recreational band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, uh, we had a couple, like, that was another another one where, like, we, we did end up getting offered a gig at Nectar's after we did did it at the radio meeting the first time, right? Yeah. So it was like, then the COVID thing happened, and that gig that was one of the it ones that got canceled. It was in the same canceled. week as the Delta Suite one yeah. that was going to oh, happen. Damn. Lots God, of things. It was, yeah, it's going to be yeah. so good. You guys, so, you guys but, are the worst week. It was terrible. <laughs> Just depressing. But, so it was like, uh, you know, we had this band that we like rehearsed all the songs for, and like you said, like all the work was put in, and then I think we did one or two the first summer after like in the middle of covid um and then we just got got it back together after loretta lynn passed mm. um, we had to pay some tribute to mm -hmm. the queen and um yeah everyone has so much fun man the rehearsals are just like everyone's hanging out it's it's good it's good why do you even rehearse when you've got 10 people in a band i mean that's that's a <laughs> lot that, we we got a fairly decent sized living room I don't think we could fit 10 people in for a rehearsal there, you know? It's funny. Yeah, I feel like it. the The core group is maybe closer to seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I at least count. People will come up and be like, you know, come in throughout the show and not, and just come in with some hot mm -hmm. licks. Um, but the last couple of times it has just been in our kitchen slash dining room <laughs> and we just move everything out of the way and just huddle up together. Well, yeah. you got, you Someone's in the hallway. neighbors, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, we are pretty like, you know, country being a little bit more mellow. Like, I don't know if I would really necessarily have a Red Newts practice in our, in our kitchen, but, uh, you know, everyone's like country is all about like restraint and like mm -hmm. making sure everyone's heard and sound checking around the vocals and um, being, you know, subtle and tasteful. So, you know, our walls, like, 
they're pretty like I, from when you're outside you can't hear much but i don't think we'd want to have like a raucous like red news <laughs> rehearsal in there yeah yeah but yeah there, there was like one time my parents came up and um they actually like they have like a camper and they were staying in the driveway my dad walked in in the middle of like the the babes rehearsal and we're all just like huddled in the kitchen i got the pa set up he's like <laughs> all right you guys are up to business in here. <laughs> that's great um, and so, uh, Dallas Week duo-wise, um, you're getting to a point where you, 10 songs, I think I heard before, that's almost an album, that's basically an album, a lot of albums coming out these days with far less songs on it than that, mm. so, are you guys getting into the studio at some point? We've been talking about it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the duo kind of started with, like, momentum with booking, like we were talking about, right? So, you're always constantly trying to find this balance of, like, okay, like, you know, it's on, you get in this, in this rhythm of like show to show to show to show what's next, what's next. And then it's important to take a minute and go, wait a minute, like we should get this down on record, you know? Yeah. So, uh, we've talked about doing like a little DIY thing. I got a little setup at our house. I think, I mean, that but what's, the... what's actually holding us back, I think is, uh, we're getting married in three weeks <laughs> and we've oh, been very, wow. very busy. <laughs> Congrats. So, thank <laughs> That's you. Also true. <laughs> Uh, that's that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> where are you getting married? Um, we are getting married in Charlotte in a barn. <sighs> Our friend's band, actually, the Honky Tonk Band, Wadley River, is going to play it. Uh, everyone's going to be wearing cowboy boots. And the weather time. is just about to turn amazing. I know, I know. A baby watching that like a hawk for the last like, few weeks. <laughs> I was like... thinking it could snow. It could be 75. <laughs> it, could. it could really go Anything. one way or the other. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, God, I'm sure that's going to be amazing. So you're going to get married outside and stuff and then go into the barn afterwards? Or... Yeah. If the weather's right, it'll be outside. Yeah. It's oh. going to be nice. That's going to be <laughs> wonderful. And then, obviously, you guys are musicians yourself. So, you know, you might just jump on stage and grab a guitar, grab yeah, a microphone and give uh, it a go. We've got a little uh, Loretta Lynn Conway Twitty duet up our sleeve. Oh, nice. <laughs> Maybe for anyone listening out there, one? any family? <laughs> Can you do a first dance if you're both playing? Uh, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> to get that one. Well, yeah, well, like, there's all sorts of scenarios like that we were thinking about. We're like, we would love to avoid dancing in front of everyone, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we did ask our friend. So, like, uh, our friend John, back when Pony Hustle took over uh, the residency at Honky Tonk Tuesday from Brett Hughes. Eric George is the leader of the band, mm -hmm. and like John, our friend John is uh, uh, usually plays rhythm guitar, and they would play this song before we even really knew John that well. He wrote called Chartreuse, beautiful country song. Just like it sounds like it's, you know, it sounds like it's right out of a honky tonk bar, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and uh, so we asked him to play that for our first dance. But it's true, we're oh. both pretty nervous about that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it's a short song, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. pick, you pick a short song, maybe a slow one as well, so yeah. you know, not too much dancing yeah. involved. It's just a little two-step. <laughs> yeah. Well, massive congratulations, guys. Thank you. And that's uh, a, a worthy thing to be putting an album on, on pause <laughs> for, so. You yeah, guys, it might uh, be the one good excuse we've ever had to do that. <laughs> you guys doing a honeymoon straight after, or year? is that going to be kind of more of a summer or yeah. later on the year kind of thing? We are, um, the Monday after, we're going to Germany for our honeymoon. Lovely. Where, yeah. Whereabouts in Germany? Um, Munich. Oh, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's gorgeous. You're having a good time as well. Yeah. Around the spring. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're not beach people, so I was like, we're not going to go to a resort. I'm going to burn to a crisp. We're <laughs> going to go to the mountains and drink beer. <laughs> Uh, I am sure you're going to have a wonderful time. Yeah. 
Um, Nick, it, you, you seem to have anticipated what my next part was going to be, which is ask you to play your last song. So yeah, I just got I got really anxious. I was like, oh my god, I haven't switched guitars yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, what song you have you got to uh, to play us out with? And that's a great guitar, by the way. It looks like he's wearing a tuxedo. Oh. It's it's called the silver tone tuxedo. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it is. It's very old. It's from the '60s. And the electronics I had, uh, uh, Michael Plant from Plant Guitar out in Bristol, put them in. He did a full neck reset on it. Um, but uh, yeah, I like I was saying, I used to be like when I first got, started getting into guitar, I was really into blues, and um, so that's where I got into playing slides. So we're gonna play a slide song for you. This is a original. I wrote maybe the first song I ever wrote for slide guitar. It's called Eggshell Blues. That's wonderful. Yeah. I was just saying, by the way, to, to Annie earlier on, that you know someone is serious about playing a song when they sit down for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm glad the stool's coming out for it. So you said egg, Eggshell Blues? Eggshell Blues. All right, take it away. Give me a knot of your head 
Sweet duo playing us out where out there with eggshell blues, guys. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having us. Thank this you so awesome. much. Yeah, uh, looking forward to the album in a several months, maybe a couple of years time. <laughs> but big congratulations to you both, and Thank uh, you. I hope you have a really great day in the next three weeks. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so that's all we've got time for tonight. Uh, come back and listen next week when we've got the Cam Gilmore trio coming in. But for tonight, this has been WOMMLP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. It's been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proxer, and good night.